Figure facts for life. We just want you to be healthy. Health and happiness. If you pay attention to what goes in your body, you'll be amazed at the results. Fuel, nourish, and heal your body. Eating healthy. Well, well that's everything. Put the right fuel in. Take care of your engine. Here's Roberta Janeiro. Here's Roberta Janeiro. Roberta Janeiro. Welcome to Figure Facts for Life. I'm your host, Roberta Janeiro. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist with over 30 years clinical nutrition experience. I'm committed to share my expertise and the expertise of my colleagues to better help you fuel, nourish, and heal your body for good health and for a great life. I am excited to share with you today the topic of osteoporosis and why am I excited to share that with you? Well, first of all, it's May and May is National Osteoporosis Awareness Month. And if you've noticed, I've been kind of focusing the podcast around these health awareness month uh, topics because I want to get the word out and really help people to prevent certain conditions. And one of them is definitely osteoporosis. I mean, did you know that one in two women and up to one in four men over the uh, age of 50 will break a bone due to osteoporosis? It's scary, but it's preventable. And one of the things, too, that a lot of people don't realize is that what you do as far as fueling your body as a child impacts your bone health as you move into your 20s and 30s and then again, you know, into those golden years of your life. So just a little uh, a fact is that the key bone building years of your life are from age 9 to 18. Greatest amount in bone density is achieved around between 25 years of age and 30 years of age. So it's so important what you're eating to make sure that you're actually able to build and then also achieve that peak bone mass in your 30s so that as you age and your hormone levels change, especially in women that tend to cause increased resorption or calcium coming off the bones as we age because of those hormonal changes, you're going to help thwart that and actually help yourself maintain a stronger frame. Another fact is one quarter of childhood injuries include fractures that could have been prevented by better nutrition. And I just want to share a little example with you before I bring on my guest. I had a young girl, a teenager, who was on the soccer team, and she kicked a soccer ball with her heel and it shattered. When her doctor, her orthopedic surgeon, sent her to me, I noted that her her diet had next to no calcium in it. So here's a teenager who kicks a ball and literally shatters the heel of her foot. So with that, I I wanted to bring on a guest that does a lot of research in this area. And I'm going to share with uh, you now, you know, her expertise. Her name is Sharin Hushmand, and she is a PhD, an associate professor at the School of Exercise and Nutritional Sciences at San Diego State University. She's done extensive research in the bone reversal effects of foods, bioactive compounds. And I know that's a mouthful, but she's going to explain. Also, her current research includes over 45 uh, original articles that are published in journals, and that includes 
uh, research looking at bone and calcium metabolism, nutritional factors that influence your skeletal and muscular aging, and including osteoporosis and osteoarthritis. She's also a great ambassador for the National Osteoporosis Foundation. So I want to give a warm welcome to Sharin Hushmand. Hi, Sharin. Hi, thank you very much for the nice introduction and uh, beautiful explanation about osteoporosis, giving awareness about um, Osteoporosis Month. And, uh, you know, this is great. I'm glad to be here and talk to you. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about, I think when people think about bone health, they think about calcium rich foods. And primarily, you know, that's been associated with the the, uh, food group. But Let's talk about calcium-rich sources, including non-dairy sources or choices. Sure. sure. So calcium is perhaps the most essential nutrient um, when it comes to bone health. As we know, bones are living tissue and constantly um, in a state of turnover. Bone doesn't come with a lifetime guarantee. As you explained, you know, it's a lifelong process of reaching that peak bone mass and then being able to maintain that bone density. Mm -hmm. So it needs continuous maintenance or they can weaken and break. Um, If your diet is um, low in calcium, um, your body will take calcium from your bones to keep blood calcium at normal levels. Um, So, you know, as you perfectly explain, we have to be aware of this situation for all our lifetime, basically. Um, For a lifetime of healthy bones, um, we should consume, make sure that we are consuming three servings of um, low-fat or fat-free milk or other dairy products every day. So supplement our diet with calcium, and it can be from calcium-fortified foods and beverages if we can't or we, you know, we can't consume milk. Yes, either if Um, you can't or you choose not to, because, you know, my last podcast was talking mm -hmm. about food allergies, and so there Uh are some children that, you know, because they're allergic to milk, um, can, and dairy products can maybe not consume them for a while. Maybe they'll outgrow that eventually. Mm-hmm. But for that time being, they definitely, you know, we had a dietitian on who was talking about, you know, how she can help the mom, the parents actually, uh, you know, make sure that the child's diet has enough calcium in it. You know, I want to mm-hmm. also mention when I was in grad school, we had a study where um, the grad students were invited to uh, consume consume uh, the all our meals at the school mm-hmm. and they were looking for how long it took to go into negative calcium balance and it mm-hmm. took three days we were on 400 milligrams of calcium a day and it took three days for us to go into negative calcium balance so let's talk a little bit about the requirements for calcium sure 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 so um if we are talking about younger population. So if we go for like, you know, let's say ages four to eight, um, they kind of need 1000 milligram of calcium per day. And that's what the food labels are based on, correct? As well? Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. So that's what you would see for, um, you know, for uh, food labels. And then that's what food labels mostly for adults. We go from 90 to 50, you know, we talk about 1000 milligram calcium. And um, for women, as you also mentioned, you know, because of the hormonal status changes, 
our calcium requirements become higher when we are older than 50 and for men is when they are um, over age 70. So that changes to 1200 milligram per day. Right. And and just so people know, too, when you look at the food label and it says like 30 percent calcium, because that's Mm -hmm. based on a thousand milligram requirement, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that all you have to do is add a zero to understand how many milligrams are in that. So with 30 percent calcium content on a label is actually equaling 300 milligrams of calcium. So just a a little a little lesson there for that. But in addition to calcium, and vitamin D, what other nutrients contribute to bone health? There are really um, other nutrients that are important for your bone. Just to like, um, you know, finish up something on the calcium, just, yes, um, we absolutely. talked about dairy products, but I also wanted to emphasize in, uh, you know, other foods that you can get calcium from them. Okay. So if you're not, you know, not consuming dairy, then there are going to be beverages and like non-dairy products that they also have calcium and vitamin D um, these days added to them. And we want also think about dark green vegetables and they also have um, you know calcium as source of calcium so some of those were some of the um, you know sources that we should consider when we um, talk about calcium but for other nutrients you know um, as important as calcium is your vitamin d for your bone so research shows vitamin d plays important role along with calcium in our bone health Uh, vitamin d aids in absorption of calcium and also phosphorus that's important for your bones. So it help brings calcium and phosphorus to our bone, to our teeth, regulates how much calcium remains in our blood, plays an important role in um, our immune system and um, cell growth. So overall, vitamin D really plays an important role um, in our calcium metabolism and therefore for our bone. I know um, in, in the Midwest sure. now, most of the physicians uh-huh. are actually testing for vitamin D levels. For the longest mm-hmm. time, I don't think they were looking at that. And, that, you know, there's definitely yeah. um, a lot of symptoms related to, uh, you know, low vitamin D level. And we don't get that much sun in the Midwest like you do in California, yes. right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> or my yes, dad gets I in even, Florida. Yeah, I know. So. Uh, but, you know, as you just mentioned that, because vitamin D is also known as sunshine vitamin. So we can, we have the ability in our body to convert sunshine into vitamin D after it hits our skin, um, even though it should be unprotected. So if you have sunscreen on, you know, we are not doing that conversion. Right. Um, now, what, but what are they the recommending? Same, like no more than 10 minutes exposure without... Exactly. Yeah. So that, that would, exactly. that's so enough to give careful. you, um, that's enough to give you a little bit, right? Of, yes, um, yes. of the vitamin D converting um, the inactive form of vitamin D in your skin to its active form through sunlight. So True. let's, let's, because we're just moving so quickly on this um, podcast, but I've heard that you've done a lot of studies uh, with prunes and dried plums um, mm-hmm. and how they can improve bone density. And I thought that is so unique. And I really want to share that with our listeners. Sure. Can you explain sure. some of your findings regarding dried plums and and um and maybe some other fruits and vegetables that are sure. beneficial for bone health so in general you know fruits and vegetables consumption have been linked to higher bone mineral density um, among fruits we have specifically worked with prunes or dried plum they're basically the same thing you know just different names but they're same and they have been shown to be helping with uh, promoting bone health 
So um, if probably the first question that you or your audience will ask uh, is like what in the prune? So prune has nutrients that reported to influence bone health, um, including, you know, boron, potassium, vitamin K. So it doesn't have calcium or vitamin D. You know, it, there are other nutrients in prune that can help with bone health. And so there are lots of preclinical and cell culture studies done with prune uh, in terms of bone health. I'm just going to focus on few of the clinical studies, human studies that we have done. Um, So, you know, just give you a short explanation of what's going on. So there have been completed three clinical studies that they looked at the effect of the prune in bone health, all three in postmenopausal women. So the shortest one was a three-month study in postmenopausal women who consume 100 grams prunes uh, per day. What does day. that equate and to as far as how many prunes? Number. Yes. So that's kind of equal to 10 prunes per day. Okay. And that resulted in increasing their bone biomarkers of bone turnover. And these were all osteopenic postmenopausal women. So postmenopausal women with a little bit bone loss. Now, did it matter then if they consumed, did they consume all those uh, prunes in one sitting or were they spread no. throughout the day? No, you can spread it throughout the day. It's really hard to have it all at once. And, you know, you can basically <laughs> yes. have it as um, often as you would like. And then we continued this study with a one-year-long study. And we also, again, looked at 100 osteopenic postmenopausal women who consume, again, 100 gram prunes for a year. And uh, in the same in this study, again, we saw that prune was able to prevent bone loss. This time we measured their bone density. So we confirmed that prune was able to prevent bone loss in osteopenic postmenopausal women. Um, the result of this study is published in British Journal of Nutrition in year 2011. So okay, if someone is interested to look it up. Okay. And then we were like, you know, kind of like, can we go lower in 100 grams? So because 100 grams is working, but we would like to see if lower dose is effective. So we did a study compared um, five to six prunes to, you know, 10 to 11 prunes. Okay. So we had two different doses uh, for six months. And actually, we saw in postmenopausal women who were 65 to 79 years old with some degree of bone loss, that five to six was as effective as 10 to um, 11 prunes per day. Oh, that's good news, right? Yes. <laughs> Did yes, you have anybody concerned that they were going to, you know, a lot of times prune or prune juice is associated mm-hmm. with, you know, alleviating constipation in people. So any mm-hmm. issues with that um, well, in the study? Please. We kind of like monitor their bowel movement, and um, in older population, at least they were everyone was happy. So 100% <laughs> compliance. Really, nobody complained uh, about you know prune. But the younger, like you know, 50 to uh, 65 years old, uh, you know, postmenopausal women, they sometimes complain about um, you know um, having too many bowel movements. But again, this is about like you know knowing how to add fiber to your diet. So. Yes. Prune has a lot of fiber, has a lot of sorbitol. So if you're smart about how to add fiber to your diet, then you're actually getting the benefit of having additional fiber in your diet as well. So you don't want to have prune on an empty stomach. Right. Um, you know, you want to have it after you have meal in your stomach, and that would and slow that down helps. that um, problem. Yeah. Right, absolutely. And the other thing, too, if I'm correct, um, prunes are really high on the antioxidant Mm-hmm. Um, list, right? Are they like yes. at the top? Yes, yes, they yes. are uh, in terms of in 
comparison to dried fruits, yes. they're really one of the toppest in terms of antioxidants. So a lot of the bone protective effects is also because of its antioxidant property and as you mentioned, the bioactive compounds. So they have really good uh, polyphenol content that, you know, it's acting synergistically with other nutrients that it has and it's helping bone. Okay, so let's talk about components of the diet that may, in mm-hmm. fact, maybe be not so good for our bones like protein, mm-hmm. for example. Let's touch sure. on protein and, and what the research shows. Sure, sure, sure. So I can say protein is good for your bone, you know, but you want to stay within your range. So okay. what is uh, recommended for us, which is going, you know, from 0.8 to 1.3 gram per kilogram, um, that's what you we want to stay within range of the recommendation for our diet. And, you know, that has been shown to be effective in terms of helping our bone. Um, but we want to avoid excessive, like, sodium intake, especially from our processed food. Um, well, there are questions in terms of, like, you know, how about, like, coffee and my, um, you know, bone. So coffee is good, uh, but, again, we want to limit it. You know, the intake of two to three cups per day, that's fine. But, again, we want to make sure that we are avoiding excessive intake of that. And also that goes with soda as well. If that's replacing, you know, the milk in our diet um, and, you know, beverages that are higher in calcium, then we want to um, avoid that excessive intake. Right. So as far as the uh, literature shows, are they looking at a certain amount of protein at a meal being, Mm -hmm. um, you know, where it's not going to have a negative impact? Is there a certain ounce amount or anything like that? It's really just, you know, a dietary protein and bone health uh, paper has been just published over the last 40 years of research, just, you know, last month. So they have really reviewed the last 40 years any study that has been conducted um, to see how it's affecting. Um, And this, you know, systematic review and meta-analysis is showing that um, what is the recommendation that is, as I said, you know, kind of let's, if we go one gram per kilogram, that's, you know, easier to just remember. Um, There is no, um, you know, harm in taking that much protein for our bone. Actually, if anything, it's positive effect. Okay. But you are right about, like, being worried about protein because in general, in the United States, our diet is high in protein. Okay. Well, and there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there. We've talked a little bit about some kind of fad diets and stuff, and they all tend to lean towards a very high protein intake. And I'm just, you know, really concerned because people are doing these diets and they're not under the care of a dietitian to make sure that they are supplementing calcium if they need it and they're not getting it through the diet to offset, right? To offset. The other thing people need to know too is, is there an upper limit or two? Can you get too much calcium? Well, you can't, from your diet, you should be fine. You know, there's no really too much calcium if you're going by your diet. But if you go with supplements, then you want to monitor how much you're taking from your diet and how much you're taking from the supplement. And, you know, and I always, I guess, you know, all of us as dietitians would go food first just because the food that has calcium is not only calcium that's in that food, right? There are lots of other nutrients that are important. Um, So for sure, going food first. Okay, fabulous. Well, Sharon, I just want to thank you. This time went so fast, but I think we've shared some really cool and important information with our listeners. So I want to thank you for joining me today. That's Sharon Hushmond. And again, uh, she's a professor at San Diego State University in their exercise and nutritional sciences area. Thank you for listening to Figure Facts for Life. We really want to provide information that's cutting edge nutrition information and research so that you 
you can apply that to your life, but also think about reaching out to a registered dietitian. You can check out my website at figurefacts.com and you can reach out to me through the contact page there. Please stay in the know. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Figure Facts LLC. Have a great day. I'm Roberta Gennaro and ciao, ciao for now.